Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is SECQB on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody, to SECQB on the Believe Podcast Network. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Another crazy week in the SEC last week and have had a bunch of stuff get shuffled around. There's some some crazy finishes, and then we got a a short week upcoming. So we're going to dive into all of that and and get Josh's thoughts on some of the QB play and, and some of the surprises from last week. But before we get started, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online, and again, our picks our picks are, are slowly improving here on SECQB. But again, do not make your picks based on on our selections from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's always the online casino as well; it never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, well, let's we'll jump right into it from last week. Josh, I think the biggest one obviously had the most attention around it with LSU and Florida getting pushed. It, it certainly put all the attention on Georgia and Bama. And I still think you know, there's some some talks now. Hey, do, do they need to get away from Stetson Bennett? I don't think Stetson Bennett was the problem. I know in the fourth quarter and the second half, he, he didn't play particularly well. But I think there's a reason they haven't gone to JT Daniels yet. But I just want to get your general thoughts on that game and um, Bama pulling away. And, and Mac Jones looks mm-hmm. really impressive. Mac Jones looks unbelievable. I, you know, the Stetson Bennett thing. Uh, you know, I think he he won the locker room over. To be honest with you, you can you can tell even when he was having difficulty moving the football in the second half versus Bama, the team was coming over to talk to him, to pat him on the butt, to give him a little pep talk. We can do this. I mean, they're behind that kid, man. They like what he brings to the table in a leadership. I guess, position or role as being the quarterback. I mean, I don't know if, if JT Daniels is going to get some reps this week in practice or if he's getting reps. I don't know if they're going to give him a chance and give him a few series in this in this game, in the next game that they play. But, you know, I like some of the things he does. You know, Alabama is just real, real strong. And if you can't score at the same level as they are, it, it's hard to keep up with them. They're the number one uh, offense in the nation. Uh, Mac Jones, front runner, probably for high with another unbelievable performance. Uh, best wide receiver group in the nation by far, uh, which leads to, uh, you know, an unbelievable running back. Najee Harris's numbers have been uh, just killer. I just love what they do. Sarkeesian, Mac, you know, with the offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, Mac Jones looks so comfortable. You mentioned it, uh, you know, his completion percentage, the zip on his throws, good deep balls. I mean, he steps up in the pocket, great decisions, quick release. I mean, the guy's doing kind of, He's 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 putting up numbers at this point of the season like Burrow did last year at LSU. So there's a lot of comparisons that I see just from those two. 
Yeah, I mean, we could go on and on about his, his on-field performance and the, the season sets up for him. I mean, the SEC is is kind of all over the place right now. I, I don't see them slowing down and him in particular. Also, I think that <laughs> he is awesome to me, meaning Mac Jones, because he is like the first quarterback at Bama that like you could pull off the field and like drop him in a fraternity at Bama and I'd be like yeah he, he kind of you know he blends in there like he just the way he, he carries does. himself he's just like a, a dude's dude but then oh yeah he's also going out there he's thrown for 1500 yards this season already and 12 touchdowns so he'll drop he, that he on looks your like head. He's, yeah I mean he, he's totally in rhythm and you can see it from the get-go and and yeah he does have the fine receivers to throw to I mean those cats can go and go and go I mean I, I'm kind of jealous to be honest with you I know you probably are too watching those games I'm like how good would it be to hand the ball off to Anazi Harris and then play action or drop back or do the RPO stuff? And then you got three wideouts that can, you know, uh, break this, the, the, you know, the speed barrier. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. So it's so, so much fun to watch. I've enjoyed watching this offensive team uh, just like I did last year's LSU team. And, and I'm telling you, it's just off, off the charts what Sarkeesian's doing with this talent or that he's got built in there at, at Alabama. Yeah. And to double down on your point, yes, I am jealous of any quarterback that gets to start in the SEC because I'm pretty confident nobody leads a better life than a SEC quarterback. Uh, and you can attest to that, I'm sure. Um, moving on, Kentucky and Tennessee, this was probably the biggest head scratcher of the week to me. And there were some surprises, but this just looked like the better team. I mean, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, hey, is, is Kentucky? And they were, they were zero and two, close loss at home to Ole Miss. It was like, ah, they got some youth on this team. They got they're trying to figure out how to win. Well, they figured out how to win, and Volunteer fans are really upset, and and I don't think I blame them. Yeah, I mean, we I, I chose Tennessee. That was a bad call on my part. They look they look frustrated, to be honest with you. And yeah, you know, first win at Tennessee for Kentucky since 1984. I love that Stoops after the game, he was smoke, uh, smoking cigars and drinking bourbon, and he was so fired up and happy. I love that for that program. I mean, they they got all over them. Kentucky play, plays good defense. I mean, uh, two pick sixes to start the first half. Garantano just played he, – he really played bad. It looks like when when teams get after him a little bit and, and he see, he feels pressures uh, – you know, then he, he really doesn't complete balls. He throws off his back foot. He doesn't make good decisions. I think that's really the, the name of the game. He got pulled, you know, in the second half. And and he just didn't make good decisions with the football when he's pressured. And and I, I saw that in the game before. And it just, I know Tennessee fans are beside themselves. They've got to figure out a way to get back on track because they've got a lot of talent. They need to run the ball and stay balanced. But that you can't put that game on Garantano because – uh, you know, the rest of the season, you can't put it all on his shoulders because he's he's made some big mistakes. And he, he those two first half pick sixes were monster in that game to get Kentucky fired up about that road game. Yeah. You know what? That that stretch of play, I was sitting there. I, I talked to a couple of buddies about this this weekend because it just feels like and and I, I'm going to ask you in a second. Also, I had a game like that in my college career. We played Tulsa and I had three turnovers in a row on three consecutive possessions and only one of them was egregious, but it felt like just nothing could go right, you know, and you get pulled out of the game yeah. and you look up and you're like, it's the second quarter. I'm already out of this game. I mean, what is going on? Did you ever have, cause I feel like it is so oh, yeah. easy to look at 
at a game like that and say, oh, Garantano has no idea what he's doing. Sometimes it just snowballs. Did, did you ever have any experience like that? I sure did. In 99, my first year starting, man, it was really rough. We hadn't, we, we didn't run the ball well. We were always in third and long. And coaches talk about that. It's like, you, you, you know, a lot of teams don't convert a lot of third downs. You know, it's because they're in third and long all day and they don't run the ball well. Right. And, you know, they're, they maybe not – they're not shored up on that offensive line and maybe they don't have that elite receiver. I mean, you got to really look at all the pieces. As, as a quarterback, you're only as good as people around you. But if, if guys are not catching the football or their balls are slipping through their, their hands and, and, and landing in a defensive back's hands going the other way, that's super frustrating. And then when you get behind the eight ball and then really have to throw to catch up and you're not having a good game – then there's a lot of pressure on you. Then they can pin their ears back. They can come after you. Now you feel, you know, a little bit more of the heat or the blitzing and different things that come with being behind or playing from behind and already not having success in a ball game. So it's so important for quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks. You talked about when you were a freshman that, that you start games well. And the coaching has a lot to do with that. Like what plays are we going to run so that we can get this guy, you know, some completions under his belt or get him into a rhythm. And it's a little easier on the road right now, uh, you know, for these quarterbacks that are around the country because there's no fan noise. But in, for the most part, over the years, man, young quarterbacks always have a tough time going into a hostile environment and playing early, probably like you did as a freshman or I did as a freshman. I felt like momentum was against me, and I hated that feeling of like I was going up against a brick wall or something. And, and that's stuff that's real-life uh, situations and lessons that quarterbacks have to deal with and guys that – get through those little pressure situations and handle those things correctly, man. It's like uh, more power to you. Cause that's, that's real, uh, real good quarterback play comes from making good decisions when plays aren't there and different things of that nature. Yeah. And volunteer fans, to be clear, that was some very bad quarterback play out of Garantano through that stretch. But I think the point here is you, you don't give up on somebody for one game. And I don't care how bad it is. Guys have at, at every level. I mean, I don't care who it is. There are games. Aaron Rodgers had a, a multiple pick game last mm -hmm. weekend, right? I mean, this it happens, but they've got to get it figured out quickly because that was a that was a thumping on on Saturday from Kentucky to over Tennessee. Uh, another one. This was uh, I actually called this one right, but I didn't feel great about the pick at the time. South Carolina, 30 to 22 over Auburn. Auburn still just doesn't look. I mean, they should have lost that game to Arkansas. They don't look um, – they just look off, and I can't really put my finger on it. But uh, Chad Morris, this offense is not clicking. Bo Nix, there is some visible fr frustration in that game. He's getting into it with some of his teammates. And I think they've got – they're another team that – you hope they can right the ship, but this is one of those teams that early in the season, you, you, it already sort of feels like the writing's on the wall that they're going to hover around, you know, a little over 500 by the time the season's over. Yeah. I, you know, Nick's he completed one pass over 22 yards and, and in a college game right now with all these high scoring affairs, you'd like to see some big chunk plays and, and that kind of gets the team fired up and gets them emotionally jacked about you know, being out there on the football field as an offensive unit. And, you know, I think he's, he averages about five, he averaged about five yards per pass play. So he's connecting on some short stuff, but there's what I saw is a lack of finishing drives. He threw the three picks. They only had two field goals in the second half. 
their only bright spot was Tank Brisby, the running back. That kid can play. But I think Nick's and, and you said Chad Morris getting on the same page, their offensive coordinator, is going to be so big for them the rest of the way. Nick's looks like he's progressed. They talked about it on TV. I watched a lot of the second half, and they just didn't do much offensively. And then he turned the ball over. He can't turn the ball over and, and Auburn have success. South Carolina did a good job of not turning the ball over. And, and basically that was the difference in the game. South Carolina took care of the football. Colin Hill's not a great quarterback, but he, they played with balance and sound football and didn't turn the ball over. And they looked up and won the game by eight, even though they were out gained by 150 yards. Yeah. That was a big one for Muschamp too. Those are the ones that, that he, he needs, and I think he's a fantastic football coach. That place, South Carolina, just historically has been a hard place to win, and, and it is what it is. But I was, uh, I was glad to see him get a win like that over Auburn. A and M. This is another one that early in the year we thought, hey, after they got steamrolled by Bama in the second half, I was really harsh on 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 A and M and said, you know, I don't know that that they have what it takes yet. I don't know that Jimbo has it in place just yet and I, I have not seen it from Kellen Mond well that was back-to-back -back weeks of pretty good performances he, he didn't play Kellen Mond didn't play as well in this one as he did uh, in their win over Florida mm -hmm. but still good performance on the road and for Mississippi State second straight sorry third straight game where their offense just looks completely anemic I, I don't know what's going on in Hattiesburg but A&M looks like they could get back in the mix and potentially challenge Bama for the west down the stretch yeah, three and one now. Great win on the road. Spiller, the addition of Spiller, the running back at AM, and what he's been able to do the last few weeks has given them a real chance to win. A couple of scores, another hundred and something yards rushing. Uh, Mon, two TD passes, the kind of a collective, uh, you know, effort there uh, with Mond and the, and the running back. I, I like what we're seeing there. Uh, you know, Mississippi State is sputtered like I've I never thought I would see under Leach. They, they had minus two yards rushing in the game. Their longest rush was eight yards. Of course, that counts some of the times that Costello was sacked. He got benched in the game. Freshman Will Rogers comes in to try to give him a spark. Did okay. Uh, but nothing nothing like uh, Leach coached offense would, would look like. And that's two weeks in a row now where they have absolutely been horrendous on offense. And how can you put your defense in those scenarios week in week out where you're going three and out you're not moving the ball you're not scoring a point but yet you're wanting your defense to hold up against a good a&m team that's balanced that it just can't happen like that so leach has got to find a way to run the football not throw it 65 times a game and try to stay a little bit more balanced or if they do throw it 65 times a game they need to put up huge production uh, you know, in the past game and throw for four or 500 yards. And that's how, that's the only way those, those guys are going to stay in ball games in that offense. And how bizarre now does their win over LSU feel? Super I mean, bizarre. It's like, where <laughs> Super, did that come from? I can't, yeah. I can't believe it. It was like, uh, is LSU that bad? And maybe they are, maybe, you know, don't answer that question. <laughs> yeah. This is unbelievable. Maybe we really are. And and so that's a big concern going into this week in South Carolina. But, you know, A&M is playing good football. You don't go win, uh, you know, you don't you don't win against Florida and then come back and win against uh, Mississippi State and, and do that well offensively. And I just like what I'm seeing. Jimbo Jimbo is doing some good things there. And I promise you they're gaining momentum and, and they're getting some confidence. And that's that's big for that program. Yeah. Last one from, from this past weekend, Arkansas 33, Ole Miss 21. Ole Miss has some problems. Um, but I, I 
want to focus on, I am a Sam Pittman fan. I got, I watched his interview with Scott Van Pelt and Mm -hmm. Scott Van Pelt was just like, you've got to feel for you. You got to be happy for these Razorback fans because they went through, I mean, it was a rough stretch there for a while. And I loved Sam Pittman's answer where he said, look, and he's, I don't know how old he is. He's obviously a, a little older head coach, but it's easier to say stuff like this, but he said, look, this is it for me. He said, I, I think this is for him. He said, I think this is the greatest program in the country and mm-hmm. talked about how he's got this, his lake house up the road and how he was born 75 miles from there. And he feels bought in there. And I think I, I am pulling for him. I think he's a guy that I would be excited to play for. And it, it feels good to have anytime you have a team like Arkansas, that's, just been that bad for that long it's similar to Tennessee for, for a, a stretch there where you're like mm-hmm. you just want them to be relevant but that win over Ole Miss was pretty convincing um I think Arkansas again they're not going to compete for this thing this year but they've got they are putting down the, the appropriate building blocks I think they're going to be relevant again soon I like what you're saying you mentioned Sam Pittman last week we you know talking about him again, you know, the university, the pride, the love for the program, the passion. I mean, that's what we saw last year with Orgeron as kind of a perfect fit at LSU with that team last year. But but just that he wants to be there, this is – you know, when you engage the community and the organization that you're in or the the university that you're in and all those players, they're, they're young. They're looking there for something. They're hungry, right? And if your coach comes in with that mindset, like – this is where I want to be, baby. I mean, I would I would like to play for a guy that's that excited about being there. That's why I think Pete Carroll was so good. My brother played for him at SC. I got to see him day in, day out. And it was like, I want to play for that guy, and I can't go back to college. You know what I'm saying? So it's when you got a guy like that that's so convincing about him, you know, it's it's like the conviction, you know, he, he loves being there, and I, and I would love to play for a guy like that. Ole Miss, you know, they, they didn't convert third downs all day. Uh, they threw for 186 yards. Corral was pathetic with six picks. We did. We had talked about Corral last week being the greatest thing since sliced bread against Alabama, and he was. For him to come back this week and totally, uh, you know, crap down his leg was was just uncalled for against Arkansas. Arkansas doesn't have as deep, good a defense as Bama, and he put on a show two weeks ago. So, you know, I just I I, I, I don't understand what Ole Miss was doing offensively. Why Corral? Uh, you know, I saw an interview with Kiffin after the game. They said they gave him all the short stuff, but he didn't take any of the short stuff or the checkdowns, not one time. And that was a real problem because he forced a lot of throws against Arkansas. Arkansas uh, played a really good game. Uh, they have a receiver there, Burks, Traylon Burks. He took over the game. He was the star, 137 yards receiving, 46 rushing. Uh, so it was fun to watch. And, and Franks didn't turn the ball over. I know we talked quarterbacks. Felipe Franks had one interception. And he kept it. He kept that uh, kept that offense on the field, which was nice. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Felipe Franks. He I'm glad that he's getting a second shot at this. I thought he was a pretty good player at Florida. And anytime you see a fifth year guy that can plug in somewhere and get meaningful snaps and win games, I'm always happy. For, you just you hate to see the guy that gets replaced and then you never hear from them again and they just sort of mm-hmm. fade and that's, that's it. So I'm glad if nothing else that he's starting, he's playing meaningful games and they're winning. And I think Arkansas has got more wins on this schedule, but 
that that's the sort of the recap from last week. And COVID has has hit the SEC. Obviously, we've had some cancellations and some things moved around. So this upcoming slate of games, we just have the four games for the SEC this upcoming weekend. And these dates are going to get continued to, to be pushed around. And I think by the end of this season, you're going to see my prediction all along, and I'm sticking to this, is you're, you're going to see teams that just have different totals of games that they played. I think it's unlikely that we get to the end of the year and everybody's played the same number for the SEC. But mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. Ultimately, what it's going to come down to is if the bowl games and, and primarily the playoff committee is okay with pushing back the playoff to allow four games to be made up in December – but that, that's a conversation for a different day. But so for the, our, our four games coming up, we just talked Ole Miss. This line I hate because I don't think either one of these teams are playing well right now. Auburn is on the road at Ole Miss. Auburn's favored by three. <laughs> Auburn, road favorite, you know, and not playing well. Ole Miss doesn't play any defense, though. They're second in the SEC, second to last in the SEC, giving up 580 yards a game. And, uh, second to Memphis in the country. I mean, um, 47 yards uh, or points per game they're giving up, which is just embarrassing. I mean, we talk about some of these defenses in the league and the in and around college football. They're not playing any defense. Nick's, though, at Auburn needs to take care of the football. He hit the three picks last week. He won't do that again. I think Auburn can get it done. Malzahn, they're running the ball well. 1,000 yards rushing in the first four games as a team. Uh, back-to-back 200-plus yard uh, rushing games for them. I, I like them. Uh, in this deal unless Corral can completely turn things around because we've seen the high octane offense we we know he's extremely gifted but six, the six picks last week can't happen and and so you know he was lights out first three weeks can he get back to that what what I saw, I saw Skiffin say don't let one game beat you twice he's got to embrace that and he's got to play better football for them to have a chance against Auburn yeah, I, like I said, I hate this line. I hate this matchup. I think both these teams are playing bad football right now. And I don't <laughs> want to take Auburn because I just don't – I cannot take that Auburn team that should have lost to Arkansas and then went on the road and laid an egg against South Carolina. I get Ole Miss has plenty of problems on defense, but I just – I cannot take – a a road favorite in Auburn right now. So I'm going to go Ole Miss. (laughs) I don't feel great about it, but uh, that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, Next one. This is, uh, this is another one that uh, an interesting matchup because both of these teams have totally different, had totally different weekends last weekend, Alabama on the road at Tennessee (laughs) for as hot as Alabama feels right now. That's as cold as Tennessee feels right now. Alabama's favored by 21. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Bama. I saw something today where the last four years, Bama has won this game uh, by an average of 34 points in the last four years. So, I mean, that is just – they have been annihilating Tennessee. And 13 wins in a row for the Tide dating back to 2007. There's no questions at quarterback. For Bama, there's major concerns at the position for Tennessee with Garantano and how he played last week. So, you know, I mentioned you're only as good as your surrounding cast, but when Garantano, when rushed, he has a, he's been pathetic too. And so I, I just think Bama and that offense will score 50, 50 to 60 points somewhere in there. And I don't think Tennessee can 
can keep up with them. I don't think that they can go up and down the field uh, like an Ole Miss did against uh, Alabama to make it interesting. Tennessee gets way, way late. Yeah, for all the reasons you just mentioned, I'm going Bama as well. So, uh, Vols fans, I will not beat a dead horse. We're going. I think we are both going with the tide in this one. Uh, next one, Kentucky at Missouri. This is a this is an interesting line. There's a, there are a few things going on here. Kentucky's favored by five and a half at Missouri. Ooh, I, I well, you know, I, again, Missouri beat LSU two weeks ago, and LSU set out last week to Florida, but Missouri's coming off of you know that that's a big win. They're one and two though. Kentucky defense playing well, no razzle-dazzle on offense or anything, but they're the number one rushing team in the conference, which is an amazing stat. Terry Wilson, quarterback, he's been around there. He doesn't throw the ball well, but he does run. He gives them a real chance. They'll do enough maybe to win. I, you know, Two years ago, Wilson led an 81-yard drive to win uh, in the final few seconds, 15 to 14 in this contest. So he's done this before. Maybe he'll do it again. I think uh, Missouri gives up a ton on defense. And the quarterback at, at Missouri, Connor Basilic, uh, erased any question marks two weeks ago against LSU with those four TDs. So if he has another huge day, they could get it done. But uh, I think LSU just is is, is good at, at, at making quarterbacks look like Elway this year. So I, I like Kentucky. <laughs> You're going Kentucky. I, again, I can't take – Kentucky as a road favorite right now because they, they that was a, a huge win over over Tennessee but that team what we saw out of them against Ole Miss I mean they've got the talent they, this they could very easily win this game by two touchdowns but Missouri at home scores plenty of points they always have I mean dating back to forever ago and mm-hmm. something about they are a totally different team at home than they are on the road. I'm going to go Mizzou. I still think, I, I think uh, Kentucky wins this game, but I think it's close. I think it's by a field goal. Uh, last one of the week, South Carolina Gamecocks on the road at your alma mater, LSU. I, this line doesn't make any sense to me because of the quarterback situation, but LSU is favored yeah. by six. Yeah. Um, Brennan's very questionable. The quarterback at LSU, we got Max Johnson, TJ Finley, two freshmen that could play. Uh, it's a huge game for for Bo Pelini, the defensive coordinator at LSU. Uh, we do get Ed Ingram back, uh, which was our best offensive lineman back from a year ago. On defense, we can't let you know things break down. We can't not play instinctive. Uh, you know, we got to get after him up front. You know, I, I, you know, we we didn't convert again, uh, third downs against Missouri. We were 0 for 10. So we got to do a lot better job than that, even with a freshman quarterback if he's in there playing. South Carolina leads the conference in third down defense too, and uh, you know they're they're a fun team to watch. They're four zero against the spread. They're balanced, nothing flashy, but they don't turn the ball over. As they move they move the chain, change. You know they're slow pace, but uh, I like I'm gonna play the percentages. I, I like South Carolina in this game plus the six. No no question. I I love that you said it because you stole my stat from me. They're 4-0, 4-0 <laughs> this year <laughs> against the spread. Um, that is, uh, you know, they they very well could lose this game. I mean, LSU could could win this game, and LSU could win it by a couple touchdowns if, if things go their way to get some turnovers. But like you said, South Carolina's play, slowing the game down, I think mm-hmm. affords them yeah, – they don't make a ton of mistakes. Uh, they don't make a lot of explosive plays. They're not very flashy. 
but I think they hang around. And, and if there's, if there's one of these teams that I could see giving the game away, I would say it's LSU just with so many question marks at so many positions and, and youth almost everywhere you look right now, they feel to me like a team that could give something away. And, and even if they win, they win by three or four, but that's it for the week. Overall, guys, again, I'm six and six on the year. Josh is at sitting at five and eight. So I don't think Bet Online is going to be contacting us to help them with their <laughs> handicapping. Um, but again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Josh Booty 10 and at Team McCarg 16. And we are lining up a few guests. We're going to have some more exciting guests on as the fall plays out and, and as we get closer to winding down this season. And again, this is going to be fluid every week. You know, we're, we're trying, everybody's rolling with the punches. I think we're glad that when these COVID cases do come out, I think the most important thing is that these kids are recovering from it. There hasn't been any, any scares yet. So fingers mm-hmm. crossed that, that continues, but we're going to, you know, everybody's along for the ride with this thing. So anyway, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, we will be back next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.